I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, last night we were together. Yes, we watched the Oscars together at a our first ever Oscars party. We have never hosted an Oscars party, never attended one. No. In all the years of Always the Critic and all the years that we've been friends, our friends group has never done an Oscars party. So this was exciting. Yes. Now, to say the least. I went to one long time ago. This was when we probably like first met, like in that. First oh my time god! Period. Over ten there years was, ago, then. Yeah, yeah. I, we, I definitely went to one at that time, but yeah, I hadn't gone to another one since. Most of the time, I would watch the ceremony at home and be on Twitter or something. Yeah. You know, reading the live reactions, everything that was yeah. happening. And I was kind of doing the same thing. But this was a lot of fun. We were at our friend uh, Danny's house. He's been on the show before. And so we got together and we were able to partake in what was the movie year 2022. Yeah. Uh, being awarded <laughs> last night. The 95th Academy Awards. And yep. <laughs> we have our thoughts. on. We do. I think now, so. Now, I want to apologize because we were also supposed to do like an Oscars recap sort of deal and review 65, the movie 65, mm-hmm. and I never watched it. Rico managed it. to watch it. So I, I did. I couldn't get out to watch it, did not have the spare time to do it. So you cannot spare yeah. the time? Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. I couldn't spare the time. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so we're just going to do an Oscars show yeah. real fast. Why uh, not? And we're going to have some fun with it because we haven't done a full like Oscars breakdown. It's not going to be every single category. Like, mind you. No, 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 It's no, no, just, no. you know, what interests us. Right, exactly. <laughs> what were the big highlights? What were the things we found funny? Uh, and, you know, things like that. How our experience just overall was, what we yeah. did. Uh, and so I think it'll give you, the listener, a little bit of more insight into how we view this entire ordeal how we view everything going (laughs) around the oscars um and so yeah so i'm excited to talk about it but before we get started on talking about it if this is your first time listening go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app we're on apple Podcasts, spotify and many more and if you do like us go ahead and give us a review on apple Podcasts and spotify five stars goes a long way for us Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And lastly, if you are a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support and get extra content. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. And thank you to our patrons, Janet, Curtis, Bale, Cindy, CD, Grace, and Alana. Yes, thank you so much for sponsoring us here through Patreon. So tonight, uh, let's go ahead and get started with the 95th Academy Awards. Let's do it. Last night was a big night for, uh, I would say two movies, but one movie in particular. This is the movie that you and I had, it was the favorite uh, going in, much to the surprise. If you would have asked us, I think, a year ago when this movie came out, Mm -hmm. back in March, hey, this movie, a year from now, is going to (laughs) be the favorite to win Best Picture. I think both of us would have laughed. Yeah. Uh, not because we didn't like it or anything, but because I thought there's no way surely, the Academy would would honor yeah, a movie like this. Yeah, surely, and also surely the year would shape up a little stronger, and there would be, I guess, more traditional Oscar contenders in the race. 
So not only were, did we have no faith in the Academy, but we also just had more <laughs> faith in the uh, movies that were going to come out in 2022. And here's the thing. We did have like the the Oscar fair. Like we did have a prestige drama by one of the great directors of our time, Steven Spielberg. We had a drama featuring one of the great actresses of our time, Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the big blockbuster that was, again, directed by someone who's already done this before with Avatar, James Cameron. So, like, we had on paper, like, those traditional, like, stalwarts of years past that you mm-hmm. would normally see in an Oscar year, but they just were not strong enough to to overtake everything everywhere all at once. Oh, no. And I just got to give props to this movie. Again, I've, I've sung its praises before, but a movie this inventive and creative and so influenced by uh, science fiction and by martial arts, just this is not a movie that wins. But the fact that like a movie like this won is such it, it's a big deal. It's it a is a big deal. deal. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, we're talking about. This is something that I've read is that everything, everywhere, all at once won five above the line Oscars, which has never been happened in the history of, of the Oscars is is the five out of the six big ones or let me see one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. So the acting and then director picture, it won five mm-hmm. out of those uh, six. Like, insane. Like, they were it's, just missing best yeah. actor. No, it's Bedlam. Um, bedlam. Pure <laughs> I Bedlam. I love it. Yeah. And then on top of that, they, you know, best original screenplay, best film editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was an incredible night for this movie. Um, so I, there was a little flub when when the producer did come to accept the award for best picture. And he said, you know, there's a line that my dad used to tell me. Is that, and this was the line he said, that no person is more important than profits. Oh, and, right, and right, like right. he like he messed it up and he realized it after he said it. Um, it was like a little flub, but people like caught on to that. It's like, yeah, that's right, that's Hollywood for you. <laughs> <laughs> so like stuff like that. Um, but it, uh, tell me about it. How did you feel seeing the different people win for this movie? I was ecstatic. I walked into this Oscars really looking forward to everything everywhere all at once just sweeping. And that's all I did. I just cleaned up, right? Um, I love this movie. You can go back, scroll back in your podcast and actually listen to our initial review of it, which is one of our top episodes of 2022, as a matter of fact. I think a lot of people, it just, just as a side note, I think a lot of people didn't know how to feel about the movie or wanted uh, some perspective on it what people liked about it and just were looking for discourse on it because it got released in March and then it took a, like, it was like a groundswell almost of support and people going out to see it. Mm -hmm. Good word of mouth, people on Twitter sort of gaining momentum and talking about it. And it's not a typical movie by any stretch. No, not at all. So I, it doesn't surprise me necessarily that, you know, that people tuned in to hear our thoughts on everything everywhere all at once. But um, 
As far as the Oscars, I loved every minute that Everything Everywhere All at Once <laughs> won something. It was super heartwarming. This cast and crew are incredibly close. Yes, they are. And you can feel this familial atmosphere whenever they're together, whenever they won. It was like so much love. It was a lot of love. Um, and it, and it got started early. And the behind them, too. Like, you could kind of see that in the room, it was kind of tangible that people were excited. Oh, for, for every, sure. Everything, everywhere, all at once to win anything. You, so. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're totally right. And it started early on in the night when um, when Quan won Best Supporting Actor. And yes. then immediately back-to-back... You had Jamie Lee Curtis winning, mm-hmm. which that that's a funny one that because I think a lot of people kind of went into that one thinking, you know what? And it's Angela's time. So let me talk to this. Yes. Let me speak to this. Because first of all, let's talk about Kihuei Kwan. Yes. Perfect human being. I think that <laughs> he's he wants... He's delightful. He's so precious. I think we should have round-the-clock security so that nothing ever happens to this man. <laughs> because I think that every he's been making me cry the entire award season. Every accept, acceptance speech that he gave was so heartfelt and genuine. And that's something that Hollywood is missing, right? I feel like there's so much inauthenticity. And this child actor who didn't get his shot, who has this incredible story, a comeback kid, and he's making just this giant play for an Oscar, and he's doing it with panache. He's winning people's hearts. And you know what? Not only that, he deserves to win. Like yeah. That's the other thing of it. The giant part is that he 100% deserves to win the Oscar. So I was... Totally unbelievably happy when he won his Oscar and Ariana DeBose I think announced his Oscar early on in the night it was like one of the first it was few, the second one the second one that they announced first one was uh, Pinocchio's win with Guillermo de Toro and she like choked up yeah she did. saying his name and yeah. from then on I was like this is so I like teared up it was so emotional and just a hard one sort of ascent yeah. to the Oscars stage. This is the top honor that any actor can win, right? Yeah, it is. And he's done it, and it was such a moment of triumph. And his speech was amazing. And he says, like, my mom is 84 years old. She's watching from home. Um, mom, I just won an Oscar. And he's him just crying and sobbing. It's so like a breath of fresh air and I can't get enough of seeing him and seeing his interviews and oh my god like I'm just ecstatic that he won did you see him going into the press junket after yeah he like like hopped in around and (laughs) yeah he was ecstatic man he and that was something else like there was a photo of him an official photo from the Vanity Fair party afterwards where he's taking a selfie <laughs> with, um, oh, what's her name? Now I'm blanking on her name. Um, uh, she, <laughs> I can't believe this is what I'm going to reference her with. Um, uh, she is on WAP with Cardi B. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, 
yo, you're asking the wrong person. I'm actually. asking the wrong person. Oh my god, um, I can't believe I'm getting that off. I am so sorry. Uh, but yeah, there's like anyway. this photo, and like he's like holding the phone and, and the Oscar <laughs> in the other hand. And he didn't let it go. No, man, and I, wouldn't I wouldn't either. let it go. I yeah. wouldn't let it go. I wouldn't either. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it it was such a wonderful night for for all of them. I think he won the night. Like he. Oh, he easily won the night. Yeah, easily. For sure. He won the Megan night. the Stallion Megan is the who Stallion. I was thinking of. I'm so sorry. So jumping to. Best Supporting Actress, which is Jamie Lee Curtis, she won the category. I personally don't think that Jamie Lee Curtis should have won the category. I do I agree. agree that Angela Bassett should have won for her performance in Black Panther. I think she was incredible, stunning, jaw-dropping performance. And we talked about it on our Black oh, Panther yeah. review, how much we loved her uh, presence. Mm-hmm. She really carries... Like that first half of the movie. She does. So, um, nothing against Jamie Curtis. No, no. And and we don't me, hate Jamie Lee Curtis. No, we don't. We do not. We Just love her and we love her in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, we do. I and the thing is, uh, for me, like in that category, she was my third favorite. Yeah. Out of the three, because I really liked Carrie Condon's I love Carrie Condon in Banshee's Finisher. Yeah. Which, <sighs> speaking of, just as a quick side note, zero. They went home with nothing. Nothing. Insane. Same with Elvis. Same with Elvis. Yeah. There was, I saw a tweet. It was um, uh, Elvis, um, Banshee's, Triangle of Sadness, Tar, and something else. There was uh five movies that went home empty-handed and then somebody put as a, a quote tweet it's like uh <laughs> you're already laughing get it out though what what they say <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it was um a um oh, i'm going to mess up the joke now i'm going to i'm going to look what? it up i'm going to look it you're up you're going to Oh my no, God. I'm not going to pause. I'm not going to pause. I'll come back to it. Okay. I'll come back to it. All but right. Back well, to... back to Jamie Lee for yeah. a second. I really enjoyed her speech, though. And obviously, she was very emotional. Mm-hmm. And she did say, oh, like, my parents were nominated in different categories. And now I've won an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> like, it's like a very full circle, heartwarming Nepo baby. Um speech but i enjoyed it i think she you know she's deserving but not as much as angela bassett and that's that's all i'll say about that and this is without without any malice like i'm not mad no that jamie lee curtis won no neither am i yeah Uh, i think it was still a good you know win and everything so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and say that it was bad that she won it was not. And something else is that Stephanie Hsu, her cast me, was mm-hmm. also nominated in this category. Yeah. Yeah, was. Was. Yeah. So it, it was a it was a pretty good category. She won. People I know have been like, uh, why did she win? But you know what? It still deserved, even though you can say that somebody else maybe deserved it a little more. Mm-hmm. So uh, when it yeah. comes to... Best Actress, uh, another side note, is that everyone who won in the acting categories was a first-time nominee. So, uh, speaking of that, Michelle Yeoh winning Best Actress 
uh, her first Academy Award nomination, her first win. This that gives was me the warm wonderful. And the uh, obviously, Amazing. there was uh, a lot of looking at possibly Kate Blanchett winning this one because of her I think strong you performance. were very, you were like this is a tricky category because Kate Blanchett has been winning some of these awards like leading up to the Oscars and yeah. not only that but she's very deserving her turn in Tar yeah is outstanding it is outstanding um so that's one thing I will say is that it is such a strong performance that you know, if she would have won, I would have been like, hey, N- N- Michelle tried. You know, she had a great <laughs> right. performance, but she wasn't going to beat Kate. But uh, she did. She yeah. actually did. And it, it was still well-deserved because Michelle puts up such, an, a, such a wonderful performance. I know. Uh, in in the movie that like it's there's amazing m- it is amazing it's yeah. an amazing performance everyone in that movie does such a great job and like to cap it all off the daniels winning best director when uh, they won best director i think all of us were like okay it's yeah it's a over. lock for best yeah. picture yeah it was a it was over and you know when when they came up to first they they won best original screenplay yeah. So they came up to accept that Oscar and they're giving their awards or they're giving their words for it. Then they win Best Director and then they get uh, the award for Best Picture. The producer speaks first and then they come up. And I mean, at the one Daniels point, they're like, producers we don't know what else to everywhere. say. Yeah. yeah. They were like, exactly. we don't know what Which else to say. Which is why they give, they give Jonathan Wang, uh, their third producer, the floor for yeah, the they best gave him picture. the first crack at it. He's like, "You go ahead, man." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've already and been. And he's up the here one twice. that finally, he's the one who finally gave the line about laundry and taxes. Oh, finally, to, somebody said to it to thank his wife. And finally. I was like, "Oh, finally!" Yeah, it's so, so good. <laughs> so such a great line. That's such a great line. And they didn't use that in in Quan's like little uh, clip that they yeah. played. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, I thought he should have. They should have. That's the moment. That's the moment. But okay, whatever, whatever. We're not the producers of the show. Um, (laughs) going back to Michelle Yeoh, I uh, again, very great moment. Highlight of the show was her giving her speech, and also talking about you know this is for the mothers. I love my mom. I'm gonna bring this home to you, for all the little girls that look like me. You know, keep dreaming and all. It was just so um. Was it affirming? Affirming, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so again, wonderful. We saw footage of Michelle Yeoh's mother like afterwards. Yeah. Uh, just celebrating when they In announced. Malaysia. Uh, that was it's so, so nice good. to see. good. And it was uh, like, you know, we've talked on and off about representation matters. And this is like huge. This it's is a big huge deal. for the it's Asian a, American or just course. Asian community in general. Yeah, it's it's a big deal. Huge Giant deal. deal. Yeah. And it makes me feel wonderful, even though I have zero percent Asian <laughs> right, <laughs> in my exactly. blood. Yeah. Um another thing I saw was that the first two women to win an Oscar as uh women of color yeah. were both uh Bond girls under Pierce Brosnan. Ah and so then somebody tweeted out, It's your move, Denise Richards. Yo, not she's Denise. the only one. You know, we got a couple left. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, we've we've spoken a lot about 
everything everywhere all at once uh there is another winner in here in the acting category first time winner as well uh from a24 and that was uh brendan fraser uh yeah this was this was a race for me i thought that maybe at the end they would give it to austin butler just because he's been on the campaign trail so hard he's been uh, hard yeah he has been campaigning really hard and i was telling we had on snl (laughs) not he was doing everything he was doing everything he was doing the most he was doing the most and he was appealing to the young people and um we had this entire discussion yeah sort of railing against the way that almost everything that came out this past year about Austin Butler, about his life, he spent two years as Elvis. That's why he can't get over the accent. And he had to go and be hospitalized on the last day of filming blah, 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 because <laughs> of exhaustion and all this stuff. Like all of this stuff is annoying. <laughs> annoying. Yeah, it, it, it is annoying. I found it riveting at first and then i was like this is all purposeful pr and building up to this campaign for him to possibly win an oscar so i was like campaigning it's a it was a strong campaign and that's why there was um doubt as to whether brendan fraser could actually win and lo and behold he did win he did now up until this day, I still have not seen the whale. I can't believe you haven't seen I know. the whale. I haven't seen it. So Has, I have uh, to leave it to Miguel you. Did Miguel watch it? Yes, he did. What did he say about it? He hates that movie. He said Why he does he hates, hate it? Um, I'm trying to remember the exact reason why. Uh, but he he hates like just most of the just like overacting. He doesn't like the whole like, oh, let's play to the narrative of like this really fat dude who's like you know we're putting someone in a fat suit and then that's how like they're doing this whole acting thing that's what my brother says yes um exactly so he was put in this um fat suit and the fat suit won an award won an oscar oh yeah it did (laughs) which is wild to me so I um, have struggled to kind of put into words why I'm so hesitant to just be like, I love the whale. When it was very emotional and very moving yeah. and his performance is amazing. But the message and like, you know, the trappings of it are not great. So I took a screenshot of, um, I don't know if you guys listen to the For Your Ref pod, For Your Reference pod podcast. But they posted a story and I took a a screenshot of it because it was of a tweet that said, interesting how three of the five films nominated for best makeup and hairstyling are for fat suits. It truly is the year of the fat suits Mm. at the Oscars. And they're referring to The Whale, Brendan Fraser's costume, Elvis, which they put Austin Butler in a fat suit as well to play Elvis at the end of his life, and then Penguin from The Batman. Uh, Yeah. These are all nominees. So, For Your Reference Podcast reposted this and said, Cool if you watch The Whale and love it. Brendan Fraser going around crying in every interview and then like an upset emoji. 
about how important the role slash film was is undone by him taking off that fat suit, especially since he fed into slash benefited from being hot boy Hollywood. Cue George Clooney smug farts. If Hollywood cared about fat bodies, they would center fat bodies. Hmm. Which is like a huge argument and one that I like halfway subscribe to. It's like mm. you'd rather have traditionally attractive or conventionally attractive skinny actors like Colin Farrell is a thin actor or whatever, normal, whatever. And then Brendan Fraser, again, is not um, weighing in at 600 pounds. And Austin Butler is skinny as a rail. Mm. Yeah. So they're saying whatever story you're trying to tell is devalued, like instantly invalid, because you're taking off the experience at the end of the day. Gotcha. And it's almost the same as, you know, appropriation of a of a lifestyle or whatever. You're just trying it on and you're just pretending when really you have <laughs> like are you the the great are you the the correct vehicle to tell this story? Right. When you're not part of this community and you know, it feels disingenuous, it feels wrong and that's a huge reason why people didn't like the whale. Not to mention all of the like uh, struggles that this character goes through, and suicidality, and and that's really problematic for people. And on, I mean, we've been seeing this thing where over the years we've seen actors and actresses, you know, put themselves through some type of rigorous makeup to look bad. For years now, like, I remember mm. the big one was uh, Charlize Theron and Monster. Yeah. Like, that's the big one that a lot of people will reference. Is, like, taking this, you know, attractive woman, woman who, by all beauty standards, you know, is attractive. Right. And just changing her appearance to, like, right. lean into, like, these types of narratives. And of you like, know what? The Oscars love it. Oh, they do historically the academy awards have always favored actors who go ugly so to speak yes for their role yep totally totally and so so it it, it so that's one of the things that maybe subconsciously i haven't seen the whale because i'm just like i don't know if i want to watch that or maybe i've heard that it's like very sad and i'm just like kind of like dragging my feet towards it uh, but I, I can't speak to his performance because I didn't see it. But from what I've heard everybody say, including you, it's, it's a amazing. great performance. So, really great. But And it was great to see him win, you know, because it's been a while for him as well. Yeah. Um. So I think that that's it's a big deal that all of these people won. Everyone that won in the acting categories, it was a big deal for them, yeah. whether it's because it's a first time or whether it's because – of a comeback story or anything like that mm -hmm. that's what we're looking at and it was it was really cool to see it was mm -hmm. really cool to see also for brendan fraser when they when they put his scene up they did not use the best scene which frustrated that was a, me that was a common theme apparently that was a common yeah. theme 
Uh, like put some random scene up there versus like the one that everyone sort of gravitates to. Exactly. The most memorable scene. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so that's like the big stuff that happened. Let's go back to the beginning of the show and let's talk yeah. a little bit about Jimmy Kimmel. So we, we got a host back again on the show. Uh, so the last couple of years, they've been kind of either going uh, no host or just multiple presenters type of thing. And, you know, someone who watches the telecast, it was good to have a host. Mm. I feel like to kind of recenter everything. You like it. I like it because I like having someone who can can kind of like recenter everything for a moment as the show goes on to kind of reset things. Um, you kind of need that with a show this long. You can't just long. let it. And boy, did Jimmy Kimmel not let us forget it. Oh no, he 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 really <laughs> loves mentioning how long the show is, how long it will be. Uh, you know, I think one of his jokes was by the time this ends, when they deliver best picture, we will go right to the people from good morning America, who, <laughs> which will already be in progress. Right. Uh, yeah. So I think I, I really do enjoy having a host and Jimmy Kimmel's a good host. He's hosted it before. So he kind of understands how to like, okay, this is what we need to mm-hmm. get going. Or I think if he's it's kind of stalling. Rhythm. Yeah, if if the show's kind of flatlining or stalling, he could come in with a joke to try to pick it back up type of thing. Yeah, yeah, he's got a a good rapport, I think. Yeah, so so I enjoyed it. Obviously, there was a lot of jokes at expense of Will Smith without even mentioning his name. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. so many jokes. Oh, I love it. Uh, One of my favorite ones, though, was... Do (laughs) more. Yeah, one of my favorite ones was, you know, we we have a crisis team now and everything, but... What what's gonna happen is if anybody tries to make an attempt to attack someone on stage, we will give them a best actor award and let them give a speech for 19 minutes, and then and then he he criticized the crowd. He was like, and you know if, if something like this happens, it's okay. You guys can do the same thing that you did last year. Nothing. Yeah. Maybe even. Hug the assailant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even <laughs> clap for the assailant and hug the assailant after. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, no, this is fantastic. I think that... I think in order to win the win the online crowd or the crowd that's watching... Yeah. He needed to, to do a little bit of... Um, you know, he needed to flame the Oscars. Yeah, he bit. had to. He had, he had to. to. Yeah, because I think that a lot of people who watch... Uh, who are not like the diehards, they will go in and be like, ah, these pretentious people from Hollywood and blah, blah, blah. So you kind of need someone like in the room, like poking fun at it as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Without going like too far, like someone like Ricky Gervais will sometimes But I love Ricky Gervais. No, no, so do I. Um, And he's good for like the Golden Globes because everybody's drinking. So, you know, it's kind of like that nature. Uh, but with when it comes to something like the Academy Awards, there's it's just a a, a little bit above that echelon. You need of, a bit more of a steady hand because Ricky Gervais yes. is like all he's or a nothing. loose cannon. Yeah. So you need someone a little steady, and so that's where uh, Jimmy Kimmel came in. Now, 
this is was something that you made me aware of before we started recording was apparently there was a little bit of uh, controversy with the little segment that he had with Malala. He was going around and asking a couple of people in the audience random questions that were intended to get a reaction out of them. Like, that's all it was. Yeah, yeah, for, for exactly. Because they were setting up for Rihanna, lift me up. Yeah. So he had time he had to, to kill. kill. Time. <laughs> he had to kill. So he went into the audience and he asked Malala, yes, that Malala, the Nobel Peace Prize, <laughs> a Nobel Peace Prize winner, about if she thought Harry Styles spit on um, Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Oh, my goodness. And Malala did not take the bait. She said, I'm just, I, what did she say? I'm just concerned with pe- peace. I just talk about peace. I just talk about peace. Right. And so then. And he was like, okay. And then like moved on. Right. He was like, and that's, that's why, that's why you got the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. And then like he said, this, uh, like uh, Malala Land is like, he said something along those lines and people were like flaming him for that. Um, I don't think, okay. So first of all, <laughs> just for context, I think Jimmy Kimmel's an asshole. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know. Let's get that out of the way. But for this particular instance, I don't think that it was a con- like a controversy or her- necessarily harassment or anything like that. I think no. it was just like it's a show. He's a comedian. <laughs> not every joke works. Not every joke works. And that's fine. And Malala didn't take the bait. Like if she had a crazier reaction that would have been funny or that would have been something else. But like, it was a dud because she was just like, no, no, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, There was nothing. So So, I don't think it's a controversy. The joke flatline. Yeah, that's all. And it makes, it makes Jimmy look like an asshole, which like I said, he is an asshole. (laughs) So you're not wrong. We're done. Like, I don't, I don't really don't see the point of, um, uh, you know, Talking ill of Jimmy for this one thing. Yeah, and it's it's not. Overall, I think Jimmy did a, a good job hosting. And the, that point was so minor. It really in was. The grand scheme of the show. So right. I don't know. Yeah, I think overall Jimmy did a good job. Yeah, I, I do too. He he guided the show along and made fun where he needed to and nothing crazy or anything like that. Yeah. Um. Now, the moment where that happened the show picked back up because we hit a lull oh and this my god lull let's talk about was the lull. bad oh my goodness so, so oh wait, wait wait before we talk about the lull i forgot um one of my favorite jokes that jimmy did was early on i think in this uh in the intro yeah. this monologue was you know if anyone co- rushes at me you're gonna have to get through adonis creed and points to michael b jordan they cut to michael b jordan and he like does a little like mueca and like fists or whatever they're gonna have to get through the Mandalorian. They cut to Pedro Pascal in the audience, looking fine as hell. Michelle Yeoh does like a little Michelle Yeoh, uh, and then they say you have to get through Spider Man. Then they cut to Andrew Garfield in the audience, and Andrew Garfield was not prepared for the cameras being on him, and he just smiled awkwardly. Yeah, and I loved that moment. Just it an was endearing thing. Excellent, endearing comedy. It really was. And then yeah. the final one is like, and you have to get through the fable, man. And pointing at Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, All right. So the lull. 
Oh my god. So this oh lull right here, this is where they decided the the academy decided, "Hey, let's put all the technical awards in this middle hour." Right? right? To, you right. know, get them so that way we could bookend the show with a good start and a good finish. That's what it kind of felt like. That's, it did feel like that. But boy, did one movie became it became the enemy of the show. It, <laughs> it did. And that was all quiet on the western front. <laughs> my goodness, bro. First oh off, my god. Okay, so at our party, we had our ballots that yes. we like filled out before the show and we were like tracking. Yeah. And you know, we were having a good time. We were having a good time like, oh, I got this one wrong. Oh, I thought this was going to re- the win. Also, yeah. we had bingo cards. Yeah, so, so we, we had were bingo. all like, you know, Oh, did he uh, think his mom? You know, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, like stuff like that and you know, we were having fun. Did they and say the that- pandemic? <laughs> did they mention the pandemic? <laughs> oh my goodness. So it was they- so great. They enter that second hour, and then, you know... Our bingo cards are done. Like, done. we already know who won bingo. Exactly. And then the the technical awards are coming, but we're kind of like, oh, you know, best score might go to Babylon, and then best production design might go to Elvis, and best... You know, we're trying to <laughs> go through there. And then All Quiet wins for International, and then be- it wins for Production Design. And then it wins for best score. And cinematography. The cinematography, all within a span of like 25 minutes, it wins yeah. these four awards. And then with every win, it plays its musical motif of... Oh. Bah, bah, bah. And it like they repeated that. The movie doesn't even repeat it that hard. Like the way <laughs> they did it, it in, the, in the award show. Look, I saw this we- movie... A lost few nights it. ago. Yeah, we lost it. We were like actively rooting against All Quiet on the Western Front. We were reading tweets how people were just like over it by the time they won their third. Uh, somebody saying like it's become the official uh, <laughs> enemy of my Oscar party. Somebody tweeted out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, somebody was like. Someone said like that motif could never and referenced Annihilation. Oh my god! Right, because yeah. <laughs> so not the annihilation. If you don't know that movie, which is not a, an Oscar nominee, no, um, from a couple that years score ago. goes. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> and that's the motif, and <laughs> which they only play it like one or two times. Yeah, they but don't it's play so it. like unnerving, and it makes the hairs on your neck stand up. And it's quite similar to All Quiet on the Western Front's musical motif, and we were not okay with all. Of the all quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, it really, stuff. it really killed the momentum of the show. I feel when it won Best Score and stole it from Babylon, we were like, "Oh hell no! Oh yeah. hell no!" <laughs> oh my goodness, that was fantastic! When that, like, <laughs> if uh, we had popcorn, we would have thrown it at the screen. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, oh, I was, I was mad because I decided in my head, I was like, it's. I liked Babylon more than mo- most people, right? You do, and and I thought, you know what? This is this is going to be the one that finally gets the award. It's best score, Justin Hurwitz. It kind of references La La Land in it and everything. It's giant. It's bombastic. Yeah. it's jazzy. It's big band. It's and this classic. musical motif from All Quiet <laughs> is the only reason why it won. I'm just like. I'm sitting there. I was like getting like kind of frustrated. At a it was point. stolen from Babylon because Babylon, like if you looked at the other 
uh, like best song, not song, best song, best original score. It was All Quiet, Babylon, Banshees of Inisherin from Carter Burwell, Everything Everywhere All at Once by Son Lux, and The Fable Mins by John Williams. So Johnny was in the crowd. Yes. This is not Johnny's best score by any stretch. I don't remember the Everything Everywhere All at Once score at all from no, Son Lux. No, neither do I. The Carter Burwell one from Banshees is very good. It is. It's actually very good. But the Babylon one was like, oh, for sure, for sure, this is it. I thought this was a lock. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was a lock. I really did. <laughs> so here, here, are some, here are some reactions from, um, from basically all these wins by <laughs> All Quiet on the Western Front. And it's, <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, Babylon Hive punching the air right now. Lost to a bunch of foghorns. Another one was uh, they won best score two, but I thought all was quiet. Oh. (laughs) Um, That was the loudest. Are you kidding me of the night? Three dubstep notes just defeated Justin Hurwitz and John Williams. I'm dying inside. It's from the movie, but it's really funny that they play this ominous motif every time All Quiet wins, something like they're Star Wars villains. <laughs> That's what it is, too, is like, the we kind of got brainwashed. Yeah, and then the final like, one, disliking. the one that, okay. like, seals oh the deal. Chef's kiss. We'll never forgive All Quiet on the Western Front for making me wish that Elvis had won silver Oscars instead. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the lie? Where is the lie? Where is the lie? I don't, I don't feel the lie there. Uh, speaking, uh, real quick, now that I mentioned Elvis, uh, somebody sc- uh, screenshotted this. Uh, apparently, once somebody tweeted out, Elvis took home zero Oscars. And it was liked by a particular person. That tweet. That oh, tweet no. was liked by Vanessa Hudgens. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know. That is the biggest Petty move. I would do the same thing if I were Yeah. Sure. For those oh. who don't know, Austin Butler and Vanessa Hudgens were in a long-term relationship a while back. So, But to top it all off, Austin Butler, again, like I was saying, went on this press tour, went on and did some interviews, and he said, oh, I was driving in a car and I was singing some Elvis songs. And my friend, who was in the car with me, suggested, oh, like you sound just like Elvis. You should play Elvis in a movie. That friend is Vanessa Hudgens, who years prior had said the same story verbatim. and When said, they were dating. When they were dating, when they were together. And said, she oh, said that I story. said, babe, you, you should play Elvis. You sound so much like him. And like the fact that he didn't give her credit. And then after the fact, he had to give her credit because people were like, what the fuck are you talking about? What friend? It's Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> All right, so so that was like the lull of the night, but luckily, all quiet. There was some bright moments in there. Uh, we got uh, so an appearance from Jenny the donkey. I screamed. <laughs> I screamed. It was did wonderful. you not hear me scream? Yes, I did. I love. I was in the room. Jenny the miniature donkey, and when Jimmy Kimmel brought out the donkey. And they cut to the Banshees of Inisherin crew who are sitting in the crowd. They were ecstatic to see Jenny. Yeah. They it, were like, oh, my God, it's Jenny. Like, you could just see all of the, the joy. Colin the Farrell joy. perked up. 
Yeah, he was like dead looking. Like, you know, not dead looking, but he was he like, uh, was the night's kind of getting, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny's on stage. And, oh, my God. I love that moment to bits. That was fantastic. And I and, didn't expect to see the cocaine bear. Oh, this one. <laughs> So this this was an entire thing. So Elizabeth <laughs> Banks, who uh, you may know her from uh, Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect. Uh, her appearances on Thirty Rock, uh, you know, different places, uh, and she's a director and she directed Cocaine Bear. Uh, she came out almost tripped. That was the first thing. That was the first thing is she almost fell on her dress, and you can see that the dress was folding under her shoes. Yes. It was it was kind of bad. So she kind of like did that like miniature like shuffle, yes, to, to make sure that the dress. I don't come know how she under. made it out there. I would have gone down. I fall right, and then she's like losing her voice. Yes, she had like laryngitis or something. She's like, "You're not taking this away from me." Like <laughs> you know, like her voice is giving, uh, and like the whole bit is that she's presenting an award and the bear is there. Like it was for visual uh, effects. Yes, visual and, effects award. Yeah, and it's like without visual effects, this is what the bear would look like in yeah. the movie. You know, and cocaine bear. <laughs> yeah, so it, that entire thing was, and cocaine bear showed up later in the Malala sketch. Yeah, uh, whatever yeah. they were doing scared Malala a little bit because yeah. it's an aisle. Exactly, <laughs> uh, cocaine bear doing a lot of work in in this Oscars here. Random, weird. It's weird. so weird. <laughs> so weird. I cannot um, tell you. Like if we had, that was not on my bingo card. My no. literal bingo card. Yeah, the that literal the bingo card. That cocaine up. bear would show up. No. No, we missed <laughs> out on that. Um then another great thing that happened, um we got a win in the Oscars best original song for Natu Natu from RRR. I can't believe you haven't seen RRR. I still haven't seen it. No, I still haven't seen it. It is a trip. A true rip. And it's not Bollywood. It's Tollywood. Tollywood? Yeah. not. It's not in... Uh, it's in a different language. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's great. It's I am fantastic. learning something new. So they performed Natu Natu. Mm-hmm. They did perform it there. High energy. Oh, and yeah. And they did the choreo from the movie. And they got a standing ovation. Yes, it did. Then the song goes on to win Best Original Song fantastic stuff and the two songwriters go up to the stage which is a huge deal right for indians everywhere around the world for them to win an oscar for something that is purely their culture right Mm. in a different language sounds like them it's amazing so the guy comes up and he sings a he's like flabbergasted so stunned that they won and so grateful but he goes i grew up listening to carpenter's songs (laughs) <laughs> yeah and he starts singing a carpenter song and he changes the lyrics in true like <laughs> songwriter fashion and uh it was adorable it was a blessing to behold i loved the full circle moment of like natu natu they performed it they were cheering everyone was standing up it was so fabulous and then natu natu wins i mean it again win for asians it, it it was a big win yeah. for Asians. Uh, speaking of mus- musical performances, uh, we got our handful of them. Uh, obviously, we had um, at the top 
Applause, which is uh, which was written by Diane Warren, which 14-time Academy Award nominated, has never won. She got her first Oscar. It was honorary this year. Yeah. Um, that was so, on one of our bingo cards. Yeah, the honorary Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was the first one of the night. Then we had uh, This Is Life, This Is a Life, which is from Everything Everywhere All at Once. I don't even remember this song. I'm guessing Neither it was do I. I think it's a closing credit. credits. And that was super a, bizarre. Oh, yeah. Weird performance. It, right in line with the movie yeah, itself. It, it tracks. Then we got Natu 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 was the second, third performance of the night. Uh, that's what brought the energy kind of back up, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle of the show. Then we got a stripped down, <laughs> no makeup Lady great. Gaga. So this was a whole thing, right? Leading up to the ceremony, there were media reports saying that Lady Gaga wasn't going to attend. She wasn't going to be able to do a performance of Hold My Hand because she's filming the Joker. Right. Joker 2, sorry. And uh, lo and behold, Lady Gaga, they pan to the audience and Lady Gaga is sitting there. And I, we, we just like stand up straight. <laughs> We're like, what the hell is she doing there? I thought she wasn't even going to be there. And she had a full face of makeup, giant smoky eye look. Yes. And a you know, glam dress and everything. And again, after the first three songs, she comes out in like a black t-shirt, black ripped jeans and black converse, hair tied back like in a, in a messy bun or something. No, almost no makeup at all. Mm-hmm. She looked gaunt. And she <laughs> intros the song and says the song is very dear to me, is I've, you know, very personal to me. And she does this stripped back back version of Hold My Hand from Top Gun. Yeah, she does. And it's incredible. It's a great vocal performance, but no bells and whistles at all. Just her with a band on stage. And the thing that unnerved me the most was that the way they shot it was that it was completely close up to her face. Yeah. We were like, looking at her skin texture the whole song. Yeah, I I, I went in there saying like we're this is we like We cannot get any closer. <laughs> we cannot get any closer. The only person who's been this close has been Bradley Cooper. Yeah. That's the <laughs> only person who's been that close. It's it's crazy. Um yeah I'm surprised that she went with a stripped down version of this, but my guess is she didn't plan to do this. So when they were able to like finally convince her, you know, like, Hey, please do it. Okay, fine. So then she, at last minute was like, well, I'm just going to have to strip it down. I I don't have time to plan this big elaborate thing. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, And then our final performance was of course, lift me up by Rihanna. Uh, this is where they had to stall for time to put stuff on the stage <laughs> yes. for her. Uh, so overall, uh, that performance was really nice as well. Solid, I think. solid. Yeah. Uh, but I think the right song won in the end. Natu, Natu. Me too. Yeah. And so so that was a fun, energetic thing to happen in the show. A couple of other wins. Uh, one that was, <laughs> I predicted it would win, but like it's more like, once they said what they did, it was like yeah. not that impressive, and yeah. it was Top Gun winning Best Sound. Uh, they filmed real F-18s for the sound effects, yeah, they, and it was just like they recorded real planes. 
cool. We you- were we, <laughs> we all looked at each other like, wait, they didn't just like create the sounds. Or anything like that. They just recorded. They just went out with a mic. Yeah. Just like, we'll put this into the movie. I think Danny was like, that's not the Jurassic Park level sound design that we were expecting. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, my God. Exactly. Uh, But on the other side, another good win. This is her second win for this franchise. And that was uh, Ruth Carter winning uh, for best costume design in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, well deserved. Well oh deserved, gosh. and a great yeah. speech as well. Um, she was like her, thanking her mother who had just passed away, and like her mother was like a hundred and three. So I was very, very confused. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, but Ruth Carter is only sixty two. So, mm. like, her mom, she must be, like... She had her late in life in her 40s. Late in life. Or maybe she was, like, the youngest of a certain amount, you know? Like... Oh. Oh, You right. know, right. because, you know, a lot of families had, like, bigger families back in the day. But she definitely had her late in life. Yeah. Because she, she def- just passed. Yeah. And she was over 100 years old. Yeah, she had her at 40, at least. Let me tell you, Ruth does not look like she's in her 60s. No, she doesn't. That's great. even more befuddling. Um, she looks and, fantastic. And then uh, as a as a little thing, she mentioned um, to about Black Panther, about Chadwick. You know, say hi to Chadwick when you're up there. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, it was God, really yeah. nice. Uh, so You know what was really nice? It was the film editor for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm-hmm. Because he came up on stage to accept his award. And everyone started tweeting about this man. Yes. Because he looks super attractive. And everyone was like, is this what film editors are supposed to look like? <laughs> and I, I can't remember, was it Danny or somebody said, it like, what is that man doing behind the camera? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, um, I think that's everything, right? Everything we wanted to touch on for the show. I want to say yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, this was, it was a fun show. It was great seeing everyone, you know, in everything, everywhere, all at once win. I think it was such a big deal for this movie to win. I think that you have said that this is a weak movie year. Uh-huh. Um, and you said that on our episode of 2022. Uh, best I, movies of 2022 yes yeah, we you did say it there i personally am not in the same i'm not in the same thought process you as you yeah I, I i don't think it's as strong as other years but i wouldn't say weak i think that a movie like this uh can would still be nominated in other years um, right but what i'm saying is the other movies, the other movies around in, it, yeah, would be better. Like, it would be more of a, a race, you know? right? It would be more of a race. Uh, you know, an idea that I, I don't know how it would work, but an idea that I would like to throw around is like take, like the last five years, right, of Oscars, like the nominees, and just like take the best from the each of the years and like smash them together. Okay. What's the best of the last five years from the categories type of thing, mm. you know? 
the, the thing is, like, the last five years, you've had some low points because you've had, like, 2020, you've had, like, Nomadland, which I don't think is a very good movie. Uh, but then you've also had Parasite, you know, like, so that's like, what I'm saying is that so some imagine, years are really yeah, uh, spectacular. Yeah. It's 2019 is still 2019 like, is a great is, year. That's like, that's you see, year. like, the, like your eyes started glistening when I just mentioned 2019. I love 2019. And the Parasite year. Yeah. Parasite that was an year. amazing year in film. Amazing that's what I'm year. saying. That is what I mean by 2022 was a weak year. Right. It's not to disparage like everything everywhere all at once or or anything like that. It's It's just to say the other movies that were nominated for Oscars this year are probably not the best crop of movies compared to previous years. Right. I see what you're saying. I I can imagine like the movies that would probably be left out on the cutting room floor would be like Triangle of Sadness. Right. uh, Women Talking, most likely. Um I can uh, see the whale even dropping whale, off. Whale. Yeah. Yeah, like completely dropping off, not even making like strides in any of the other categories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I totally, I, I agree there that maybe it's not as strong. Um, like, I would have gone as far Glass as Glass Onion weak, and Knives Out Mystery got, like the Glass Onion got yeah. nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Like that's yeah, a travesty. <laughs> so that's what I mean. But I'm like, okay, these movies are fine. But yeah, okay. In any other year, I can hear like, you. I can yeah. hear you on that. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, there's a few years that I like going back to that are just like this movie year is stacked. What was the Whiplash year? Was that 2016? No, that's 2014. 14. 2014. Another excellent movie year. In in this past decade, 2019, 2017 was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2014 and 2010. Yeah. Like those years yeah. are stacked. really good. Yeah. Yeah. Some really good movies in all those years. So I think that'll put a. That'll wrap it up. That'll wrap it up. This is it. I think this is like the last thing we'll talk about in, of a 2022 movie year. That's it. Everything else That's is it. looking forward. We're washing our hands of it. <laughs> yes. Pontius Pilate. And I'm excited to see what the rest of this year brings. I am. We always say the same we thing, do, like, okay, you know, it's early in the year. We have nothing but potential mm-hmm. and a lot of momentum going forward. We hope that the movies deserve, you know, are, are deserving when it mm-hmm. comes time this year, I'm sorry, this time next year. Yeah. And we start looking back. Uh, 65, quick thoughts on it, because this is one of my most anticipated movies of the year. The movie 65. It was. With, with Adam Driver. What, like one you know sentence me? review. You think that the promise of Adam Driver and dinosaurs would deliver. And somehow it doesn't. Got it. It sucked. Just say it sucked. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. It's not a All good right. movie. Yeah. Oh, I, I honestly shame. feel like I watched the movie and I was like, so what was the point of the story oh no yeah i walked out of it like that oh no yeah so there goes one of your Shame. most anticipated movies <laughs> yeah, of the because year because i always like swing and a miss like a clear miss um i didn't uh, even, i didn't even think it was going to be a big miss but like yeah when the weekend was coming and the movie wasn't being talked about at all no I'm it just had like, like no mm, marketing zero that's not good 
Um, just the trailer. Right. And then I don't like, even think Adam Driver was Adam Driver promoting it. I don't remember. Oh, exactly. you know what? He was on Jimmy Kimmel, but he wasn't even talking about the movie. <gasps> he was uh, he talked about his first major paycheck that he got from a movie. He spent them on Jordans. So, you know, wow. So he wasn't back. even like he wasn't ha- hard, you know, talking yeah. about this movie. Hard selling. No, no 65. No, not at all. Uh, yeah. And then <sighs> okay. like the other movie this weekend was definitely better. Scream six. Scream six was a yeah. better movie. Had a hit's biggest opening in franchise history. Forty four million dollars. So. Third highest rated. Right? Yes. Third okay. highest in rated in the franchise. Biggest opening of the franchise. Uh, a lot of that, I think, has to do with uh, the star power that is Jenna Ortega um, and uh, the young cast, I think, has a lot to do with it. Plus, you know, the yep. mixture of New Hollywood, how well the last one did, word of mouth and everything. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. yeah. And they turned right. that around quick because that movie was last year. Part yeah, five they were last quick. Week. They were just like, yeah. let's get them out here. It's like, yeah. I mean, what <laughs> that script is what? It's like. 10 pages probably i mean (laughs) it's not much (laughs) but they're fun movies not to disparage the screenwriter but but i I just don't think they spent a decade on screen six you know what i'm saying no definitely not it wasn't like i bought the rights in 1988 and i was workshopping (laughs) it for all these years (laughs) and i finally found a buyer for this for this passion project and i was just waiting for the right actress to come along (laughs) when i saw when I saw Wednesday Stop on Netflix, it. I was like, Stop it. that's it. That's her. That's, that's her. the one. That's the one. Uh, <laughs> we gotta anyway, go. We gotta, we gotta go. go. Uh, this has been a fun time. Uh, thank you, Jessica, uh, for uh, thank you to the Romeros, actually, for hosting yeah. the, the Oscar party. That was Opening a lot of fun. Opening up their home, uh, feeding us and just being such gracious hosts and mm-hmm. allowing us to crash at their place for hours. Yes, for hours. Hours and hours. <laughs> so... A lot of fun. This upcoming week on the podcast, I believe, we're going to be talking about Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Oh. And (laughs) one thing I will say, this movie has already spoiled something in their own marketing on a TV commercial. I know what it is. You probably know what it it. is. Yeah. And I can't believe they did it. I can't believe it. Like, you're, you're at the finish line. Like you the know, movie's about to come just, out, and they're just it. like, I don't think that people were buying tickets. That's probably what it pre-sale is. Pre-sale to watch Shazam: Fury of the Gods. So that's probably what like, it is. You know so what? they we needed someone. Yeah. Oh well, but yeah, oh, that's well. what we'll talk about. Awesome. Since we did review the first one, we did years ago, way back already. in the day. If you're a patron, you can listen to that episode. Yeah. So if you want to hear our thoughts on the first Shazam, wow. Go to patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. Yes. Subscribe for as guide. little as $2. And it's you nothing. get. Come on, guys. Yeah, that's nothing. You you go back and you can listen to our And we have so much thoughts. fun. Look at us. Look at us. Yes. <laughs> yes. So much. So it's, much. It's great. All right. Oh, man. So uh, I already said about Patreon. Follow us on all the socials at alwayscriticpod. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave a five-star review. All that jazz. Uh and with that, that has been our episode. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic podcast. Always the Critic.